Milwaukee fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan, Brave the Wild is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again for joining me today. A foggy, rainy, not-so-nice morning, but I suppose at least the inches of snow are starting to melt in a big way here in the Twin Cities, those of you that are local and know about that. After a very record-breaking month of February, uh, Minnesota Wild had a pretty solid finish in the month of February. An okay start to the month of March, and then unfortunately things kind of head downhill in a, in a quick hurry. In a quick hurry. An, an okay start to the month of March. Obviously beating Calgary, remember, and then you get those two overtime losses slash shootout losses actually to Nashville. Beautiful victory over Tampa Bay. The Wilds win-loss record good because obviously, well, they'd been 6-0-2 during a stretch, beating Calgary and then Tampa Bay, and then you get two pretty harsh regulation losses, per, uh, harsh reality check, basically a 9-2 to two, uh, combination there in those two games versus Florida and San Jose. Definitely a reality check. Uh, shutout losses are no fun. Shutout wins are great. You feel so good. You come out of there just like, wow, flawless victory, so to speak, even though you probably gave up some chances here and there. But uh, I don't know. Just score nothing against San Jose was very frustrating. Uh, Brodeen hit the post. That was a play that, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. He'd beaten Martin Jones, but unfortunately not meant to be. Minnesota <clears throat> ends up finishing 1-2 and two in a three-game week. So that's just kind of how things go there, unfortunately. Well, I mean, that's what kind of week it was. Things looking positive, and well, here comes reality again. The reality check, and the other shoe drops, blah, blah, blah. That's what we like to say here in Minnesota. When's the other shoe going to drop? Well, it dropped. Hopefully, things head in a positive direction again. You get a four-game homestand. Obviously, the Vikings, the Vikings, the wild home record. I've got State of the Vikings still on my mind. Check that out, by the way. Purple Mafia, brand new State of the Vikings uh, show on Purple Mafia podcast there. Purple Mafia show. But no, um, four-game four homestand. Hoping for some positivity here. Obviously, the Wilds' record at home this year has not been what you would like. So, we'll just worry about that when the time comes. Let's get to the games here. Minnesota beating the Tampa Bay Lightning, the best team in the league on the road, Thursday, March the 7th. Doesn't get much more fun than this. Uh, Jason Zucker, the recipient of a couple of lucky bounces, some nice uh, some pucks that end up bouncing off his stick. Donato, I mean, he felt like it was Donato's goal. Midway through the third period, or first period, pardon me, ends up being Zucker as he tipped it in. Same thing later again, Donato's shot coming off of Zucker's stick. Eric Stahl's shot coming off of Zucker's stick uh, at the end of the day. Um, actually, no. It was going to be Zucker's goal, or you just thought it was a Stahl's goal, but it actually was Zucker. Stahl never actually touched the puck. It was Zucker that got a hold of that one. 19th goal of the year. So Jason Zucker ends up with the hat trick. Off of the uh, <laughs> off of the empty net goal later on, but generally speaking, you just felt good coming into this one. You felt like the Wild were just you know they were ready to play in this game. They really were. Uh, Devin Dubnik was incredibly sharp, stopping all twenty five shots that came his way. Minnesota Wild defense was very solid throughout the night, uh, blocking shots, denying shots, and all that throughout the entire game. Three blocks from Studer, three blocks from Spurgeon. Pretty incredible. Surprising, Steeler actually had no blocks, but he was only out there 8 minutes, 45 seconds. So, yeah, he wasn't even out there hardly, which is kind of sad. But, well, you know, it is what it is when you're on the third pairing. You're not going to get a ton of minutes. Uh, Pattern and Brodeen, again, also getting a couple blocks apiece. So, definitely guys getting in the way of pucks throughout the night. Um, Felino had an awesome game as well, despite not really showing up in the stat sheet. He was a very much a presence out there, making himself known, laying the hits on guys and winning puck battles, this and that. Ryan Donato continuing to add the points. Though unfortunately, that would come to a screeching halt against the Florida Panthers and especially the San Jose Sharks where no goals were scored whatsoever. But Zucker, a couple of nice tips, a couple of nice bounces and ends up with his first hat-trick in a while, his second hat-trick of his career. Pretty cool. An all-in-all wonderful game for Minnesota. This, this is what you'd call a complete game. It really was. Even though Zucker got all three goals, I mean, well, guess what? I mean, it, Zucker wasn't the guy that set the play up. Zucker wasn't the guy that initially put the puck on net. Ryan Donato put the puck on net in those two shots. And then a nice team play by uh, Stahl, a lead pass up to Zucker so he could get his hat trick in the empty net situation for Minnesota. But this is what you'd call a complete team victory. Really, nobody played particularly poorly in this one. Uh, Kevin Fiala had a pretty interesting highlight type of play. Uh, faked a guy out, got the guy to literally fall, which was spectacular. Just uh, his move alone, his puck handling and his footwork. 
by Kevin Fiala. Unfortunately, though, great puck play by uh, Vasilevsky puts it forward, and Devin Dumnik has to face someone one-on-one. That was a scary situation. <laughs> Indeed, that was uh, Sorelli. Yep, that's who it was. Anthony Sorelli, one-on-one with Devin Dumnik. Sorelli had a good, solid game as well. Obviously, one of the better players of Tampa. Four shots on goal on this one, but one-on-one with Dumnik after a great puck play, you know, blocking the puck from Fiala and pushing it forward oh so well. Up to Anthony Sorelli. Again, it was one-on-one with Dubnik. Big-time play, but uh, even bigger stop by Devin Dubnik. The poke check coming out of the net. Aggressive play by Dubnik, and it worked. And because pretty much if he didn't make that, I'm pretty sure Sorelli would have gotten around Dubnik and put it behind the net, put it into the net anyway. And that would have been a possibly a different situation there, a tie game, and who knows where the game would have headed. But you come out feeling absolutely spectacular. You just beat the best team on the in the league on the road. Yes, we've played better on the road anyway. So I guess if you're going to beat the best team in the league, you're going to do it on the road when it comes to the Wild this year. But uh, nonetheless, wonderful, wonderful night by Minnesota. Tampa would have their chances, but ultimately not score at the end of the day going against this outstanding Tampa team. Oh, when's the other shoe going to drop? Whatever. Yeah, the shoe dropped, all right. Um, you saw Devin Dumnik in that again, and it's like, yes, he just pitched a shutout against the best team in the league. Keep the hot hand going. Well, I don't know. I mean... I get it, but the guy needs... It's a back-to-back, though, and stuff. It's a back-to-back. It's it's no offense. It's, there's no offense. Do you think I'm trashing Dumnik here? Or do you think I'm just saying, you know, don't you think he should sit for one game? Well, Stalock ended up playing at the end of the day. Now, not not every goal that Dumnik gave up real early was his fault, necessarily. The first one, though, I mean, it was kind of everybody's fault. And the the play in front of Dumnik and Stalock throughout this entire game was just invisible. Again, back-to-back situation here. Happy birthday to my brother, but this wouldn't have been a happy birthday. But unfortunately, he doesn't really care about the Wild that much. I mean, he does, but not, not as much as I do, that's for sure. <laughs> not as much as most of you do as well. He's just kind of casual in and out in front of only 12,000 people in Florida. <clears throat> Hello, Quebec Nordiques. Quebec Nordiques, eh? You, know, you you already got the Tampa Bay Lightning, but no, I'm kidding. Uh, there's some tradition in Florida. I remember early on they won the, uh, it was, uh, I guess it was the Eastern Conference already, or you could call it Prince of Wales, I suppose. That's the, That was the trophy. They won the Prince of Wales trophy, only to get uh, beat by the Detroit Red Wings back in 97. Much to my chagrin. I don't like the Red Wings, but whatever. <laughs> they got swept by the Red Wings, if I remember correctly. The Red Wings just killed them, but... Florida knocked the Pittsburgh Penguins with Mario Lemieux and Co. out in that conference final. But since then, Florida hasn't been all that visible. They've had a couple of good years. They popped up. They have some wonderful scorers in this team, including Mike Hoffman, Barkov. What a good game for him. Uh, Matheson had an incredible game at the end of the day. I mean, did he have a five-point game? I thought he did. Lord have mercy. Yeah, Hub- Huberto had a four-point game. Remember, he's like the up-and-coming star for that club. He's already kinda, he's already come, you could say, in a big way. But Barkov, yep, uh, Barkov was the guy with the five assists, not Matheson. Matheson also, pretty good game as well. He had two points, two goals, pardon me. Yeah, oh, boy. Frustrating situation, though, in this game. The McKenzie Wigger, his first goal there. One-timer right past Dumnik. They end up, uh, Boudreau ends up sitting Dumnik after the first period, going with Stalock. Didn't fare much better because the play in front of both goaltenders was not good. I I mean, the goalies weren't particularly super sharp in the game. They weren't making the big saves you'd like them to make. But the play in front of them was just invisible. I mean, there was no resistance. Florida just kind of did what they wanted in this game. And they had a fun, fun time. And only 12,300 people on a Friday night in Florida. um, Because they're just too busy with everything else, I guess. Baseball, right? (laughs) All the baseball teams probably hanging around there. Fort Myers and I don't know, whatever it is. But, uh, well, JT Brown got his second goal. <laughs> Yay. Um, that was nice. The tip pass uh, tipped uh, Brodeen's shot into the net. So that was good. Felino ended up actually getting credit. Uh, Brown actually had two points in the game. Believe it or not, Felino from Brown's shot at the end of the day. Sealer got a rare assist in this game as well. He's now got six points on the year, believe it or not. So a lot of guys that don't score very often <clears throat> factored in the, in the, in the two goals for Minnesota, JT Brown, two points. Very surprising, which is kind of funny. It just shows you're not playing well. The fourth line pretty much was holding up. Fourth line and the bottom pairing. The only guy who wasn't on the fourth line or bottom pairing in this entire game was Jonas Brodin, <clears throat> getting his 13th assist on JT Brown's goal. Again, putting the puck on net, which is what it's all about. But 
Again, the play in front of Dubnik and Stalock throughout the night was horrendous. Uh, again, Stalock wasn't sharp. Dubnik wasn't sharp. It was just a bad game. But, <clears throat> again, I mean, I've said it a hundred times already. There was just not a whole lot of resistance in front of uh, Dubnik or Stalock. And you know what? To, to their credit, too, let's give the Florida Panthers a little credit as well. They played a hell of a game. They did. Um, they have a lot of scores. The annoying part is, <clears throat> well... <clears throat> Florida's defense is not very good. Their goaltending is not very good. But then, well, you got the young guy in there, the top prospect, goaltending prospect in Sam Montembault. Uh, he ended up getting the job done. Montembault, at the end of the day, he was a third-round pick just a couple of years ago. He's only 22 years old. So it's not like you're going against this guy. He's just, you know, he's 29 years old. He's been in the AHL his whole career. He's been in a couple games, and he's given up like 14 goals in like three games, basically. No, that's not who this guy is. Uh, he's he's a legitimate prospect for Florida. Not necessarily a superstar, but you don't necessarily need a superstar to have a very, very good team. As long as you can score and you have a competent goalie who gives up two to two and a half goals a game, you could be a Stanley Cup contender in a quick hurry with this offense in front of the guy. So Florida's definitely got uh, something to look forward to there with the young man between the pipes. Uh, he had a hell of a game, to be quite frank only faced 27 shots, but still only gave up two goals. I mean, he could have given up three or four, and he didn't. So he made the stops he needed to, and Florida's got a chance to move forward, I suppose, at some point. Probably not this year, though. I think their time has run out a little quick at the end of the day. Um, but, well, yeah, who knows? I guess that's up to them how they play. San Jose Sharks come to XL Energy Center on the 11th, and it was yet another letdown of a home game for Minnesota. Monday, the 11th of March, it was not a good game for Minnesota at the end of the day. Good, strong goaltending. Uh, Devin Dubnik way more sharp in this game compared to last time around. He gave up two regular goals and then the, the Kultier penalty shot, which, yeah, there was an argument that he was offsides. He was. Um, his skate hit the blue line before the puck. I'm sorry. He crossed the blue line before the puck crossed the blue line. That was should have been an offsides call. Uh, Anthony Batetto with a lame hook penalty. You know, for one, watch what you're doing, Batetto, but it was kind of a chippy call, I think, as well. Like, he barely touched the guy. I don't know. I mean, I don't know whether to get mad at Batetto or the refs, but I think on this one, probably the refs, because it should have been offsides to begin with. There should have been no penalty shot. And, of course, Kultier scored at the end of the day. The pickle man, Vlasic, ended up getting an assist, uh, putting the puck on that. The pickle man one of the uh, lower-end defensemen, but still, there's not really a whole lot of low-end defensemen on the uh, San Jose Sharks. They have a lot of talent. Vlasic's been there a decent amount of time. Brent Burns miraculously didn't score, but he did get five shots on that, and he made things quite interesting throughout the game. Again, remember, Jonas Brodeen hit the post. That looked like it was in, but it didn't go in. It just didn't. Um, Martin Jones did have a very, very strong game, to, be, to his credit as well. Also, significant puck luck as well. I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> that the Brodine shot, it was on the inside of the post, you know, where sometimes it bounces in anyway, and then it just didn't, and then, uh, disappointing. That's all I got to say about that. Very, very disheartening at that time. Oh, disheartening. It just magically kind of came back out just before it crossed the line. It kind of was spinning and came back out, and Martin Jones was like, okay, anyhow, anyhow, <laughs> how's the weather in Cambodia as he stopped the puck? That's basically what was probably on Martin Jones' mind there. Like, yeah, nobody saw that. So <laughs> that probably should have gone in, but it didn't. Great to see Anthony Botetto out there again, I guess. Not really. Uh, I, I don't know. Sealer hasn't been that good lately, but he's still better than Botetto. I don't know. I mean, we're obligated to play Botetto sometimes, I suppose. And that's just how it is. It's kind of weird. Um, Eric Carlson's been suffering from a groin injury. Of course, Cunning upper body injury. No real talk about it. He did get hurt in the Tampa Bay game. He was skating and then went back down again. I don't know if it was a concussion or what the heck happened to the guy. But uh, luckily, he will be back tonight versus the Dallas Stars. So that's good. Not a long-term situation for Luke Cunning. Also, Victor, Victor Rask returned against the San Jose Sharks. And it didn't matter a whole lot. But at least he's back in there. And you got a center back in the mix. He was actually second-line center, if you can believe it, in this game. Because, well, there wasn't a whole lot... There, there weren't a whole lot of other options. I mean, it is what it is. Victor Rask had to be the second-line center. I'll get the San Jose Sharks. Uh, he's going to squeeze back down to the uh, the third line heading uh, into tonight's game against the Dallas Stars. Homestand and all that. It's actually a five-game homestand because this was the beginning of it, this Sharks game. And you hope this isn't a harbinger of what's to come because if it is, uh, adios, amigo. Um, again, to the San Jose Sharks credit, though, 
like how Florida played really well against the Wild and all that. Wow, interesting. Florida and San Jose are playing next. And that's uh, tonight. Uh, that's going to be a nice game. But in San Jose, the Shark Tank, I don't think Florida's winning that game right now. I don't think so. Uh, Sharks are playing phenomenal. Um, remember how I was glowing and all that about the uh, Calgary Flames going to win the Western Conference and they're just kicking everybody's butt? The Sharks have passed the Calgary Flames in the, in the standings. So pretty damn impressive run for the San Jose Sharks. They have been stomping everybody of late, and uh, they really deserve a lot of credit with how well they've been playing, and well, if Martin Jones is good and strong in net, San Jose's got a chance to do just about anything at the end of the day. Again, a little puck luck helps as well. Minnesota only mustered 24 shots on net because, well, the puck that hit the post, it wasn't on net. It wasn't on net. He didn't have to make a save. He just he had to, well, you know, freeze the puck, did uh, Mr. Martin Jones, and and, and he did. <sighs> Yuck! Very frustrating. Uh, frustrating couple games here. Nine to two. Nine to two in two games. Uh, Florida game was awful. You give up three goals to San Jose. It's not super surprising, but they muster zero. It's just like I don't know. They just played a complete game again, just like you wanted to say Minnesota did against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Literally, this is literally like the reciprocal of that Tampa Bay Lightning game, where just the Sharks played a complete game and we were on the other side of it. Unfortunately, so. That's just kind of how things stand at this point. Let's uh, pass out the awards and demerits for the week. Well, got to give the uh, Mike Madonna slash Neil Broughton award to Jason Zucker. He's been a factor. Again, the puck luck helped. Yes, he had some puck luck, but he did play very well. <clears throat> He's been playing very well in the past couple weeks here, so he definitely deserves some recognition for it. The Neil Broughton Mike Madonna award is going <clears throat> to Jason Zucker, the hat trick. And again, always been a factor in most of these games. Um, you feel bad for Eric Tanak. The guy's due to get some points again because he's had some good chances as well. A uh, big stop by uh, Vasilevsky in the Tampa game. But also, the guy, you know, whether he's scoring or not, he's been playing phenomenal hockey as you'll jewel Eric Tanak. Whether it's second line, third line center, which is generally what he is, a third line center for the Minnesota Wild. That's pretty much where he's going to stay most of the time. Though now, i got to look at the Lions going into the Dallas game. It's going to be interesting with Victor Rask back in the mix and Cunning going back to center, I guess. I don't know. If, I don't know what to make of that. Uh, pardon me with the noisy train here coming by. I live right by a train tracks here. If you can hear that, <laughs> the uh, <clears throat> James Shepard Memorial. I don't know. I mean, the play in front of Dubnik and and Stalock. It's like I don't know. I can't get specifically. You know, it's like you don't want to get specifically mad at one player during the course of this week. I mean, there were a lot of guys that played really crappy and. In Florida, so just in general, the play in front of the goaltenders in the Florida game was uh, just miserable, absolutely miserable. So I'm going to give the uh, James Shepard Memorial to that. Can't just pick on Batetto every week. It's not like he's in there that much anymore, anyway, which is okay with most of us, I suppose. Again, God bless the guy, but it is what it is. Hopefully, uh, Victor Rask and Pontus Aber can give us more reason to say, "Boy, there, there we go. We got some nice uh, acquisitions here." despite giving up uh, Justin Clues, which, okay, I mean, I don't know. He's not going to do a whole lot for Anaheim, I don't think. And Pontus Aberg, well, we'll see what happens. He's got a nice shot, but does he have much else to offer, including a little better work ethic? Victor Ask, worth ethic, speed, lacking throughout his career, but he does produce points, so hopefully he can start producing points. That would be a big start. With that, uh, we'll take a break, come back, preview four games, and then look at the prospects and call it yet another week and wish you a happy St. Patrick's Day. Here on Brave the Wild, segment number two, time to preview four games. Four games to preview coming up, starting off with tonight's game against the Dallas Stars, the former North Stars, we all know them, the Shooting Stars. Pretty cool. I ought to recommend something really quick. Those of you out there that love the old Minnesota North Stars and you'd like to see some video of the 1990-1991 season, there is a YouTube video out there, Shooting Stars. It was on VHS in the past. I actually still own that VHS. It's literally called Shooting Stars. Uh, look it up on uh, YouTube. It's free, of course. Uh, I think you type in Minnesota North Stars 1990-1991 season. So just for fun, thought I'd bring that up. Of course, we're playing against the Minnesota 
<clears throat> Dallas reaping bleeping stars and uh, interesting conversation with Lou Nanny and Dan Barrero this past week again. I mean, the stuff I knew from reading about it recently uh, in Lou Nanny's book and such, how, well, you know, I blame in a lot of ways that whole Harv and Marv, I believe it was Marv, one of the owners of the Timberwolves back in the day, the Harv-Marv combination. In a lot of ways, I blame him for the North Stars leaving. Um, obviously, Norm Green is what he was, but Norm Green did try to keep the team here first. He did. And then when everybody kept pushing him away, he said, F you, and moved to Dallas. And that's basically what happened. He didn't have to move to Dallas, but he did. And, well, I mean, the North Stars could have played in Target Center, which would have been interesting. Maybe eventually they could have got their own arena in St. Paul. But who knows? It just, obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty. I love the Minnesota Wild. It is a shame the way this uh, freaking state uh, treated teams back in those days. You just kind of let people go. So with that said, let's look at the Lions going into tonight's game. Into tonight's game would be a better way to say it. Kevin Fiala is on the right wing again with uh, uh, Eric Stahl centering that top line. Zach Parisi rightfully on the top line at left wing. As he's having a hell of a season, of course. But it doesn't really matter. Top six is top six. It doesn't really matter. Ryan Donato is playing on the right side. So again, a bajillion players, a bajillion left shot players. And uh, obviously in the top two lines, two left shots playing on the right side. So whatever. Uh, Luke Cunning's back at center, though. Luke Cunning is back at center. So thank God we don't have to say goodbye to him for a whole bleeping, you know, several months again like last year. That was so disappointing and so sad, that ACL injury. Pray, pray for Luke Cunning's health, man. I want him to stay healthy. Love his future in this league. A gritty, gutty son of a gun. He sure is. And he's got captain written all over him. At least an A one of these days. But he'll be centering the second line with Donato on the right. Zucker on the left. Again, hat-trick Zucker last week. Going into last Thursday against Tampa Bay. I can't believe it's been a week already. Wow. Boy, things have changed so fast. Victor. Victor Rask is alive and well. Third line center now. Pontus Abrick, who is a right shot. He's a right shot. Greenway on the left there with uh, Victor Rask. And the now pretty much a staple of a fourth line at this moment with Hendricks being gone, of course, and others along the way. Uh, JT Brown on the right. Of course, Eric Fair is the center. And Marcus Foligno on the left. Foligno's had a hell of a season, quite frankly. Even though his numbers don't always show up in the stat sheet and everything, his play doesn't show up in the stat sheet. He's had a hell of a season. But again, Fair centering Brown and Foligno on line number four, which had a hell of a game against Florida. They truly did. And the San Jose game, the Wild played better against the San Jose Sharks. They just didn't bleep and finish. And Martin Jones was pretty solid in the game as well. The Wild did face some pretty solid goaltending. Um, the defensive pairings are all over the place. Right now, they have Brad Hunt playing up with Jonas Bredin. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is legit going into tonight's game. But, of course, Suter, Spurgeon, Brodeen on the left, Hunt on the right. That's interesting. And Pattern... No, this is wrong. It's completely messed up. Pattern is not on the left side. Pattern will not play on the left side. So Pattern will be with... Yeah. Pattern is with Brodeen on the right, and then Hunt's on the left with Potato or Sealer on the right. That might also explain why a Sealer might be struggling. I'd rather take my chances with Hunt on the right, but I don't know. I suppose you really rely on Hunt's shot more than a Sealer's shot. Ah, everybody's a bleeping left shot, man. That, that's the problem. It's, it's tough. It's really tough. Oh, boy. But uh, love what Kevin Fiala brings. I can't wait. Hopefully he can uh, bring something into tonight's game. Let's Get going here. If the Minnesota Wild are going to make the postseason, they got to beat their old uh, counterparts here, the former Minnesota team, the Dallas Stars, 77 points, three points ahead of Minnesota, and a game in hand compared to Minnesota with 69 games played. Minnesota has played 70. Dallas Stars have struggled scoring goals, but they're very, very, very top-heavy. They have had a wonderful season in net, though, from Ben Bishop, as he had struggled mightily the past couple of years. Going back to Tampa Bay, he was just kind of average, came to Dallas in the offseason last year, was very average. This year, he's uh, really putting the clamps down. Um, going into last time we played these two, Ben Bishop had been playing better, but now he's playing lights-out hockey. Uh, his goals against average is 2.08. His, three, his state percentage, 93.2. Six bleeping shutouts on the season. Dallas Stars have won five out of their last... Uh, excuse me, Dallas Stars have won four out of their last five. Only one loss to the Chicago Blackhawks on the ninth. Otherwise, Mr. Uh, ben Bishop got three shutouts in the last couple games here. Uh, unbelievable performance for him. Crazy. Ben Bishop, three shutouts in the last five games here. Just crazy. Uh, St. Louis Blues, they beat the Blues on the road. That's extremely impressive. Did the Stars. Uh, they're trying to make the playoffs, boy. Uh, four to one victory in St. Louis. One to nothing over the New York Rangers on the fifth home game for the Stars. They shut out the 
excellent offense of Colorado. We'll see them again next week. Of course, it's an up and down offense on the seventh. Again, losing to Chicago two to one on the ninth, and beat the Buffalo Sabers in a shutout in Buffalo, two to nothing before heading to Minnesota now on March the 14th. Boy, I don't like the way the Wild have played against this team the past several years. They've had some moments as Minnesota, but generally speaking, it's been an extreme frustration. Ben Bishop versus Dubnik, you got to think, and it's going to be a low-scoring type of game. Dubnik is going to be ready to roll, I think. I love the way he was. I love how strong he played against the uh, San Jose Sharks. He did. He was very strong against the Sharks. Uh, again, a top-heavy team with Dallas. They always find a bleeping way to win. Rodolov is one of those guys. He plays a little bit of a slower game, but he just has the skill, the hands, the quickness, and all that. John Klingberg, obviously one of the best defensemen. I always talk about him. Spezza, a good, obviously solid veteran for the Stars. Tyler Sagan with 63 points leading the way. Jamie Benn has not had a, as good a season. Usually those two guys are like neck and neck, but this year Tyler Stegen has definitely had some separation between him and Jamie Benn. 63 points, 27 goals on the season. 25 goals for Benn, but only 46 total points on the year. What happens in tonight's game? I think Kevin Fiala factors in the scoring. Probably, uh, I think he's going to get at least one goal tonight. I think he's the most likely guy to score. He's he's due for something, maybe a multi-goal game again. But I expect him to finish tonight, Kevin Fiala. He just... For some reason, I see him as a star killer, and I hope he is. I hope he's a star killer. I mean, somebody's got to replace uh, Eric Halla, as he was a star killer, Dallas killer, over the years. It's going to be Kevin Viala. It's just, I got this strange feeling that's what's going to happen. I do think Dallas is going to win the game, though. I'm not happy about it. I'm not cheering for this at all, but I think odds are Dallas will win. If Minnesota can regain the momentum we've had and maybe create a downturn for Dallas, this is a crucial game for Minnesota right now. I mean, if you're going to make the playoffs, you got to win tonight. It's not like a must-win or your season's over, but it's a momentum game, a momentum game that really changes the landscape here. It it, it can make a big difference. It can send Dallas in, in a different direction quickly, just like Minnesota got sent in a different direction by the Florida Panthers last week. Uh, hopefully, we can end that right away, right here, right now, but right, I, right now, if I'm a betting man, i got to pick the Dallas Stars. Two to one, three to two type of game. Kevin Fiala, the most likely guy to score for Minnesota. Dallas wins. Hopefully, Minnesota can at least get a point out of it. We'll see what happens when it comes to that. Minnesota Wild will be playing the New York Rangers on Saturday. That's cool. Fox Sports North, blah, blah, blah. And then a back-to-back with the New York Islanders. That's interesting. So, hopefully, Stalock will be in that in one of these two games. Part of me wants to see Stalock against the Rangers, but it seems like Dubnik is always the first guy in the back-to-back situations, and you got to have uh, you got to have uh, Staylock against the Islanders. That's going to be a tough game, very tough game, considering how well the Islanders have played and they have owned the Wild the past couple of years. New York Rangers, though, I think the Wild beat the Rangers. Uh, obviously, a team with some pieces and all that. Henrik Lundqvist, way, way, way past his prime. Alexander Georgiev, he's decent. He's young. He's up and coming, but he's not been that great so far. He's allowing three goals a game. Henrik Lundqvist allowing three goals a game. Only one shutout on the season for uh, Georgiev and none for Lundqvist on the year. Both of them pretty much interchangeable at this point. Their numbers are almost exactly the same. So they basically allow about three goals, and they're slightly under 91% save percentage. So they're like mediocre, middle of the pack. The goals against average is lousy, but the save percentage is good. So they're better goalies than their stats indicate, so to speak. Uh, Zinner Benjad has obviously... Zibinjad, sorry, has had a hell of a season for the New York Rangers. Chris Kreider as well with the 49 points. Kevin Hayes, a guy who has been a subject of many trades over the year, over the time. Uh, Matt Zuccarello had gotten trade to the Dallas Stars, but unfortunately for him, he had a fractured arm. So no Dallas Stars, Matt Zuccarello. He'd have been an even bigger factor against the Minnesota Wild tonight. Um, but uh, as for Kevin Hayes... He's with the Winnipeg Jets. That's where he wound up. Yeah, because I knew he got traded. It's like, where did he go? Winnipeg Jets. Uh, still a young enough guy that he's going to be a factor. A lot of people were hoping Minnesota might go for Kevin Hayes, but unfortunately, that just wasn't the case. No excuse. you got to beat the New York Rangers. Um, they got some nice players, obviously. They have certain guys like Zen, uh, Zibinjad, obviously. He's, he's had a nice start to his career. He was a sixth pick for the Ottawa Senators in 2011. Still fairly young. He's about Jonas Brodin's age. So, you know, still fairly young. Still got a future, but 66 points on the season. Yeah, definitely a career year for him, for the New York Rangers. And they're hoping for the best there. Again, a trade with the Ottawa Senators years ago, coming to New York, the Big Apple, 
And um, he's done well. Minnesota should win the game, though. I'm going to go with a 4-2 to two type of game. I guess Dubnik's going to be a net, because that seems to be the way things have been with uh, Bruce Boudreaux over the, t- over the course of time. I would take my chances with Dubnik against New York Islanders the next day. But, I don't know, maybe Stalock's up for it. So, whatever. I just have to let uh, have to let things play out as is with the Islanders who are battling the Washington Capitals for the uh, division championship. But Minnesota will beat the New York Rangers 4-2. to two. Most likely guy to score for Minnesota. Ooh. Somehow I'm thinking Spurgeon. I think, nope, 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 nope. We'll save that. We'll save that. Uh, I think the most likely guy to score for Minnesota versus the New York Rangers. Donato. Ryan Donato is going to score against the New York Rangers. I think he's going to have a multi-point game. One goal, one assist, something like that. Should be a fun game for Minnesota against a very mediocre New York Rangers team. A not mediocre uh, New York Islanders team. As in the years past, this, this would have been a flip-flop. Like, the Islanders were always the mediocre team and the Rangers were the good team. But the Isles definitely have uh, some incredible goaltending. Incredible goaltending. They're number one in the league in goals against. Everything else, though, not so much. They've, uh, they're have 27th in goals scored. 26th on the power play, but a very strong penalty kill. And again, goaltending is going to help you in that category as well. Thomas Grease and Robin Lehner have been outstanding. About 2.2 goals against average when you combine the two guys. Save percentage identical. Almost 93. Nine bleeping shutouts between these two guys. Thomas Grace with five. Robin Lehner with four. Wow, what a run for Grace and Lehner. I should have kept Grace in my fantasy team. Oh, regret. Regret, Joey. Chances are I'm going to wind up in the championship uh, championship week here, but uh, I'd sure like to have Thomas Grace in my lineup. Maybe I could still do that. <laughs> yeah, maybe I still can. I don't know, but um, sure. Right? Yeah, I mean he wasn't playing. He wasn't as good earlier when I let him go much earlier in the season. <sighs> Minnesota ties all over this place, uh, all over this team anyway. Uh, Kyle Clutterbuck in 60 games has eight goals and 21 points. Nick Letty traded for Minnesota before he ever played a game with the Wild. We all remember that crap. Uh, 24 points on the year. He's been a 40-point defenseman, but he's not been as good with the Islanders the past few years. Anders Lee was a guy that you heard maybe might be a trade bait type of guy to Minnesota, but that never took place. Uh, it's pretty much some of the some of the guys that were on this team ended up with Buffalo. That freaking, uh, I didn't want to go there. Just forget it. Another former golfer. Just forget about that. Um, Love the way the Islanders play. I hate when we lose to them. Islanders are 3-2 and two in their last five. They lost to Philadelphia. Wow, Philadelphia's still hanging in there. They lost to them twice? Huh, at home? Twice? Wow. Okay, um, Philadelphia beat the Islanders 4-1 to one on March the 3rd. Ottawa, uh, Islanders beat Ottawa 5-4 to four. Ugh, on the 5th. Beat Ottawa again. A home-and-home home situation 4-2. to two. That's better. Uh, another loss to Philly on the 9th. 5-2 to two in... Well, in Brooklyn, I guess. You want to say in the aisle, but in Brooklyn. Um, yeah, I guess it's Barclays Center now. <sighs> Yuck. I wish they were back in the aisle. Kind of a weird building, but still, so what? You know, lots of tradition there. March 11th. Boy, the Islanders beat Columbus 2 nothing. Not, not bad at all. Wouldn't be surprised if Grace is in that again, but who knows? Who cares, I guess. Uh, Grace had wonderful success against Minnesota last time these two teams played, and it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think the Islanders win 2-1, 3-2, you know, typical. Let's go with two to one. Minnesota only gets one goal, and it will be Jared Spurgeon scoring against his former club. But I think the Islanders beat the Wild in Excel Energy Center. Unfortunately, a Sunday back-to-back game, not on national television this time. Unfortunately, this is not Star Sunday. But I think the Islanders beat the Wild two to one, and we're going to be like kind of frustrated, thinking couldn't we get more than just one bleeping goal? But that's the feeling I'm coming feeling uh, coming into that game, unfortunately. Minnesota will be hosting the Colorado Avalanche. That's going to have playoff atmosphere all over it. Big rival over many, 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 many years for different reasons. Obviously going all the way back to the Patrick Waugh, Peter Forsberg. You got Philip Forsberg nowadays, but we had Peter Forsberg back then, baby. Uh, Joe Stacker was still playing. Man, that was a pretty stacked roster. Uh, uh, Milan Hayduk, Adam Foot, Adam Foot, uh, among many others. Uh, what's his name? I just retired. Uh, Ray Bork. Yeah, he had just retired. What's his name? Just a couple of years before that, he was already like forty years old. Went for one year after all those years in Boston. Won the Stanley Cup with the uh, Colorado Avalanche. I believe they beat the New Jersey Devils, if I remember correctly. I think it was the Devils they beat. Yeah, back. Uh, very entertaining series. 
That was, yep, I actually cheered for the Avalanche back then because I kind of liked that team way back then. But um, <laughs> you know, I've hated them ever since, though, pretty much ever since that series. <sighs> Dramatic seven-game series. Uh, goaltending in Colorado has not been good. Verlamov is just mediocre at best. 2.84 goals against average. 91 state percentage. Two shutouts. Uh, Philip Grober also has been saw. As he's just okay. Two shutouts, but three goals against and a save percentage. Significantly worse than Verlamov. At just at 90. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, one of the best players in the league. Miko Ratanen, one of the best players in the league. They're pretty much hand-in-hand hand up there. Uh, Gabriel Landeskog having a career year. Tyson Berry having a career year. Obviously, young guy just getting going. 47 points for Tyson Berry in only 66 games so far. Outstanding. Outstanding. Um, Landeskog, 69 points, 33 goals. Miko Ratanen, 86 bleeping points. 56 assists to go along with that to lead the uh, Colorado Avalanche in, uh, assists there. And Nathan McKinnon, the overall superstar, only one point ahead of Ratanen, but a plus 16 on the year. Despite some mediocre play all season, some streaky play, mediocre play, uh, that top line, that top group of guys there, it's just uh, unbelievable. They're just killer. Uh, Landis Cog, Ratanen, and McKinnon have just owned everything for Colorado. They're a top-heavy team, obviously, but um, generally speaking, it has been a frustration as well. Um, Really, though, those are actually the, uh, they've had, they've had a hell of a run. Those guys working together and uh, scoring goals on the working together on the power play, especially though, is generally seeking there on other lines as well. So obviously, lines shuffle all over the place. Big drop off after those main four or five guys there. Uh, Carl Soderberg also twenty one points, fifth in scoring for the team with forty three. That's not bad, but um, again, a, a little bit of a drop off. And remember, Eric Johnson, number one overall pick to the. Uh, St. Louis Blues many, many years ago now on an underachieving Gopher team. He just did nothing for the Gophers. Uh, great regular season, but then they lost in the first round to frickin' uh, Holy Cross. We all remember that around here. Only 20 points for Eric Johnson. Certainly no number one overall pick. He's no better than Brodeen. Not even close, quite frankly. Uh, Colorado scores goals. They give up goals. They have a fantastic power play. Eighth in the league. The penalty kill is mediocre. A beatable team, obviously. I think Minnesota's going to beat Colorado in XL Energy Center. I think there'll be enough energy. Minnesota Wild end up going 2-2-0 this week, but who knows? Maybe there'll be a 2-1-0 situation. Maybe we'll get a shootout loss, or who knows? Maybe we'll win a shootout and go 3-1 and this week. That'd be great, but I think Minnesota could beat Colorado in regulation. I don't think there's any excuse uh, not to. You don't have Nino Niederreiter anymore, so there's no miracle Game 7 goal for uh, Nino Niederreiter, but maybe someone else can provide that. Maybe it's going to be Brodeen or Spurgeon or who who knows. Uh, defenseman putting the puck on net and something happens. Um, Colorado, though, pretty much how they are. Win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. Uh, two and three in their last five. They lose at Anaheim 2-1. to one. They beat Detroit on the 5th, 4-3. to three. March the 7th, a 4-0 loss to the Dallas Stars. Ben Bishop shutting them out. Uh, 4 nothing win versus the Buffalo Sabres, who, gosh, they've really dropped off. They're back to sucking again. And then a 3 nothing loss to Nino Niederreiter's Carolina Hurricanes. Incredible there. Multi-goal game for Nino Niederreiter, not so recent, uh, fairly recently, I should say, March 11th. I believe that was the game. I believe he had two goals in that game. So, Nino Niederreiter continuing to step up in a big way with 44 total points in the season. He's already pretty much doubled what he did with Minnesota before the trade. Again, he wasn't producing here, and he is producing there. It just is what it is. I mean, it is what it is. You know, the way the lineup was set up and everything. You can blame Chuck Fletcher with how the lineup was set up. So many guys playing out of position, and I don't know. <laughs> Fenton's been bringing in all left-shot guys as well. So I'll take Fiala and Donato any day of the week. Just saying. But it sucks that they're all left-shot. Everybody's left-shot except Pontus Aberg. Oh, Pontus Aberg. JT Brown. <laughs> so there's your right shot, boy. There's your right shot. Aberg and Brown. And, of course, Cunning. Minnesota wins the game. Minnesota wins the game. Bottom line, I think the Wild have a nice, strong performance. It might even be 5-3, to three, but it'll probably be something like 4-2, to 4-3. to three. Close, entertaining battle. 4-3, to three, I think. Minnesota edges Colorado. We actually might give up a, a point to the Avalanche in this game, but a survival for the Wild. The most likely guy to score for Minnesota, I'm going to go with Zach Parisi in this one. It feels like playoff atmosphere, and I think Parisi's going to show up in a big way. Dallas Stars and Colorado, huge games here. If we could beat both of these teams, that'd be great. And maybe beat the Rangers, go 3-1 and one this week. What a huge week that would be if Minnesota can do that. If we're serious about making the playoffs, there it is. 
we're just kind of stuck in the middle. Like, should we go for the playoffs or should we try to miss the playoffs and get a better draft pick? And I don't know. Um, it is what it is. It'd be nice to have a fairly high draft pick again. It helped us get Matt Dumba. It took him forever to get good, but he got good. And um, he's, he's skating again. That's other major news. Matt Dumba's skating now. with uh, And he's, he's skating with and shooting the puck a bit. Nothing crazy yet, but he's skating again. And that's uh, very encouraging. Maybe Matt Dumba will lace him up one more time for Minnesota before the uh, season is over or if Minnesota makes the playoffs. Dumba will be ready to go. We'll see what happens. Would be nice to have the dumb bomb back <laughs> back uh, on net again. The dumb bomb on net, putting those pucks on net and blasting them past goalies in those big moments or setting up juicy rebounds because it's kind of hard to, you know, kind of hard to glove save some of those shots, I got to think. At the end of the day, there's going to be some type of a juicy rebound for somebody. Jack Parisi especially in those power plays. And, and Donato, that'd be cool. So we'll see what happens with that, but I think Minnesota's somewhere along the lines of a 500 type of week. Uh, at least four points, though, I gotta think, out of eight possible going into this week. Let's look at the prospects a bit, eh? As per usual, we open things up with the Iowa Wild. Cal O'Reilly leads the team in scoring by a nine-point margin. He's got 54 points, but again, minor leaguer, uh, Kyle Rowe has just been unbelievable the past couple of weeks. Like two-point games, three-point games, multi-goal games, two assists. Kyle Rowe has just stepped up in a huge way. 43 points after, again, a slow start to the season. Uh, Brendan Mennel, remember last week, he had that five-assist game. He added another couple assists this week. He's now at 33 total points, 31 assists on the season. He leads Iowa completely. This time, it's for real. He leads Iowa with a plus-minus of 14. And he's fourth overall in scoring. He's a top-scoring defenseman, and he's only 20 one years of age. He'll turn 22 on May the 24th. Brennan Mendel. Again, I mean, if you ever did trade Jared Spurgeon, Brennan Mendel, and uh, that's the good news. You do have guys that could replace him. Brennan Mendel and Louis Belpedio. Will they be as good? Probably not. At least not right away. Maybe someday. Maybe someday because a lot of people didn't think Jared Spurgeon was anything special and he ended up being a hell of a player. I think Brennan Mendel is a future boy and you know what? Oh, you know, if you need a right shot defenseman, you got two down there in Iowa that are legitimate. Obviously, Louis Belpedio's not racking up the points, but he's still got 18 in 57 games. Uh, Brennan Mendel, though, he's got 40, 50-point defensemen all over him right now, and at least in the AHL circles, and I think he can bring some of that to the NHL. He's got good vision. He's got good release and all that. I think he's got a nice future, and he could join the NHL, one of those undrafted free agents that ends up actually being something in this league. But a wonderful story out of St. Thomas Academy. Woodbury, Minnesota native. Whew, that's the guy right there, man. I mean, I, he, he's one of the highlights down there in Iowa. Uh, Sam Onis had a multi-point game this past week. Unfortunately, a minus seven overall in the season. 29 points. You remember, he missed significant time with that broken hand. Mason Shaw got another assist added this week. Actually, a couple. Now, 28 total points for him. Again, he had that awesome start, but a significant drop-off ever since. Hasn't missed a game. He's been the Iron Man of Iowa after missing so much time last year with the ACL and all that that he uh, incurred in the summertime. But um, he has been quite the Iron Man for Minnesota. Great start to the season, but unfortunately, again, been a bit of a drop-off. But he's only 20 years old, is Mason Shaw. Played for Medicine Hat in the juniors uh, a couple years ago. Remember, that's a cool name. <laughs> cool name right there. But uh, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, Dmitry Sokolov added his 13th assist this past week. He's at 25 total points for Iowa on the season. Will Biden added another goal, so that's good after a pretty big drought. Started off doing nothing, got hot, and then got quiet again now, unfortunately. But uh, added his 7th goal of the season this past week. 19 total points for Mr. Biden there. Fourth line center pretty much down there in Iowa. At this stage, you got O'Reilly, Rao, Shaw, and Biden. Shaw has pretty much been third-line center in Iowa most of this season. And uh, Biden and Sokolov playing together, been factoring a bit, building a little bit of chemistry with the time they're out there. Unfortunately, not getting a whole lot of special teams time at the end of the day. But uh, Biden's done a pretty good job, I gotta think, for what he's what for what he is, how young he is, and all that. So he might still end up being something down the line. Uh, I like Michael Coppola a lot, too. The defenseman Minnesota acquired earlier this season for Ryan Murphy. Unfortunately, left shot, but it is what it is. Gotta love, though, what uh, Brendan Mendel has brought for Iowa this season. He is the, right now, I mean, he's the top-scoring prospect in Iowa. There's just, you know, uh, the other guys, obviously, Kyle Rowell's a veteran a bit, 25 years of age. He's one of those fourth-line call-ups, as could be Mayhew or Cal O'Reilly. Um, 
Matt Reed also has been on the Minnesota Wild this past week. Uh, he's been a factor down in Iowa in a big way. But again, he's one again one of those veteran fourth line call ups if you need him at age 32 already for his uh, for him. But uh, again, Brendan Mantle is the legitimate prospect there who continues to continues to shine down in Iowa. Uh, very strong start to his uh, career last season, and he's certainly taken a step up this year. And I can't complain one bit about what Brendan Mantle has done in Iowa. Again, that plus minus is really something to see and. He could factor in the power play one day for Minnesota, I gotta think. I, I hope he does. I really, really hope he does. Um, he got the conference tournaments going in the collegiate ranks and such. Uh, we'll also talk about Kovanov a little bit, Montcon Wildcats. He continues to absolutely dominate for the uh, Montcon Wildcats. 71 points, 24 of them goal, uh, goals, left shot center. Future center for Minnesota, maybe centering a line with uh, Sokolov on the right. And Kirill Kaprizov on the left, the all-Russian line. That would be an interesting combination. You might put them together on occasion. You might not, but could be an interesting group of players. Kovanov has just been unbelievable. And I'll say it for the 900,000th time this year, he's already in North America. Oh, God. I, I am very pumped about Kovanov. I, I think, man, I mean, his production level is good. And he was supposed to go even higher in the draft, if not for an injury. Um, remember last season, kind of a slow start to his uh, career. And he's rolling, man. He's rolling. And I can't be more excited, boy. Uh, Sam Henches, 17 total points on the season for St. Cloud State. Number one in the nation right now, looking to get their first national championship. They Believe it or not, all those good seasons under Bob Mosco, no national championships to date, unfortunately. Ah, I'm running into something here. <laughs> Trying to plug something in. Okay, but yeah, no, uh, no national championships for them. Sam Henches, though, playing in the uh, bottom six there for... St. Cloud State, but factoring well, specifically earlier in the season. Uh, Ivan Ladnia has been very strong since returning for the Niagara Ice Dogs during the course of the season. Remember, he missed a ton of time, but 40 total points in the 38 games. Now over a point a game for him, generally speaking. He continues to be consistent at the very least. Brandon Dahame of Providence, they're gonna, they have a chance to get into the Frozen Four this year, possibly. Yep, stuck at 28 points. Remember, as the regular season came to an end, we're now in the conference tournaments. Wonderful weekend last weekend for Minnesota golfer fans. We sweep the Michigan Wolverines in the first-round playoffs for the Big Ten Conference. No longer WCHA, obviously. In front of about 500 people. That was the weirdest thing I ever saw. Um... I wish I could go. I, I I wish I could go to the games. Obviously, I'm often working, this and that, and my finances, I can't say, are doing that great at the moment, but they can get better. With, <laughs> they can get better saving up a bit and working, continue to work the overtime, blah, 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 but it is what it is there. Oh, it's kind of sad what's going on with the Gophers, but regardless if there was nobody at the game or not and how the tickets were not included in the season ticket package, blah, 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 you have to buy them individually on your own. Um, great weekend for the Gophers. Uh, they trailed 2 nothing to Michigan. They come all the way back, end up winning the game. That was great. 3-2, to two, huge win in Game 1. Then you kick their butt, go up 4-1, to one, end up finishing the job against Michigan, sweeping them. Now you got Notre Dame, who you swept once earlier this year and then split with later on. Hopefully Minnesota can continue that strong play. Single elimination game against Notre Dame. Minnesota wins that game. They go to the final game for the Big Ten and a crack at the uh, NCAA tournament. You win that game, you're in the NCAA tournament despite such horrible pairings all season. And maybe Minnesota could be the next Minnesota Duluth. <laughs> I doubt it, but who knows? They've been playing so much better. Uh, Jack Stadick, uh, top-scoring defenseman uh, for the Minnesota Gophers with 18 total points. And, of course, seventh-round pick for the Minnesota Wild. Back in 2015, 204-80, or 204th overall from Lakeville, Minnesota. Jack Sadick, of course, Nick Boca playing against uh, the Gophers last weekend, of course. His collegiate career pretty much over. Hopefully he'll be on the Iowa Wild very soon. They could sure use that physical presence, I'm sure. Wouldn't be a bad addition for the Minnesota, or excuse me, the Iowa Wild and see what happens. Fifth round pick, sixth round pick, pardon me, for the Minnesota Wild in the same draft, 2015, 171st overall. Boca, more of a physical guy. Sadik, a little bit of that skill, but he doesn't stand out in a big way. But if you did add it up to an NHL season, Jack Sadik would have about 41, 42 points. So that does mean something. That's not a bad player at the end of the day. Maybe <laughs> let's see what happens, though. Hopefully he can translate that into something at a later date. 
Connor DeWar continues to play super strong in the WHL. The Silver Tips, 79 total points, way ahead of last year's pace, way ahead of last year's pace. He's 10 less games, 11 more points, 35 goals on the season. Love what Connor DeWar has done for the Everett Silver Tips. That's another guy. Hopefully, hopefully he'll play his way out of juniors and off to the NHL, or AHL at the very least would be nice. I don't think he's going to be in the ECHL, but uh, could end up being a very nice draft for, uh, well, <laughs> was it was it uh, was it Paul Fenton, or was it someone else doing the draft? I don't know. Um, at the end of the day, Paul Fenton helped. Obviously, had the final stay and all that. But uh, we'll have to wait and see how everything turns out with these guys. Obviously, not everybody's going to make it. Bryce Misley. Remember the conversation last week? Kept unfortunately his collegiate, well, not collegiate career, but collegiate season coming to an end. As the University of Vermont just struggled all season. They're not going to be doing a whole lot at the end of the day. So with that, that should pretty much wrap up the prospects conversation at this moment. Well, we can look at Kirill Kaprizov as well. He's just been absolutely spectacular. I keep kind of stepping away because I don't want to get too excited because he's not here and probably not going to be here next year, even though there's hope that there's still a chance Minnesota can somehow, some way, pry him away from there. He's leading the KHL in scoring, 30 total goals, unbelievable play, continues to dominate. Uh, he has just been spectacular. Again, left shot, left winger, would be right up there in the top line with Minnesota. Maybe not this second, but I'm just saying, he'll he'll be there one day, God willing. Uh, he is a plus 34, plus 34. That's how good Kirill Kaprizov is. Because the KHL is not a joke here. This is not a league you just go in and, ah, you know, like 122 points, you know, 68 goals, you know, like some of these, uh, you know, these junior leagues. This is the KHL. It's not a joke at all. And he's just dominating there. 30 goals on the season and a plus 34. That is just sick, sick numbers for Kirill Kaprizov. So, I don't know. Part of me, I just, I'm just... I try not to say too much because, I, you know, it's such a tease right now because you want him here and he can't be right away. And uh, that's what it is. But, well, hopefully things get done. Paul Fenton, get her done, baby. One way or another. Would love to see him in a wild sweater next season. If it's two years, two seasons from now, so be it. Suit him up and uh, let's roll. 23 years of age, Kirill Copper's off, ready to rock. So it's not like he'll be 29 or anything. He'll be 23 at the oldest. So that's the good news coming in. Uh, into that situation, and I, I can't wait. The uh, the fall of 2020. Oh, you'll be only, you'll be 23 years of age at that stage, and hopefully ready to rock and roll in the top six at the left wing's position. So we'll see what happens how the roster looks at that stage. With that said, though, gonna give a shout out to Vince Germano. Thank you so much for retweeting the show on Twitter at Brave the Wild. At Brave the Wild is the Twitter account. Facebook page. Well, let's start off with MNW Prospects. MNW Prospects. Again, a wonderful page. Thank you so very much. Pavel Bunet, the founder of that page, kind enough to allow me to post uh, links to Brave the Wild as well on there. But again, I'm an admin on that page, and I couldn't be more proud because I love talking about prospects. You can tell I get very, very much into it here because I like the, the hope. There's, so, there's the hope. You know, Kirill Kaprizov. Uh, Brennan Menel, guys like that. Louis Belpedio, guys that could be a big piece of the future for the Minnesota Wild one day. Um, and you're just hoping and praying to God that that day is very, very soon. Um, there's a chance, you know, there's a chance that something could happen. Again, um, MNW prospects, Pavel Bunet, Merrick Skyba has been a part of things. He's kind of been quiet, Merrick Skyba, but Pavel Bunet definitely very much uh, the featured guy. We added Justin Back as well recently. And thank you very much, Justin. Pavel uh, Bonet bringing him on board. And Justin Back going to be a big part of things as well. Big, huge shout-out to him uh, in a big way. Again, we follow the uh, Minnesota Wild prospects. Keep up with lots of conversation. Pavel uh, Bonet also posted a pretty big, uh, pretty big uh, top 50. Again, not, and there you go. Uh, Justin Back also just posted this uh, the other night. Minnesota Wild prospect Alexander Kovanov had an assist, two shots on goal, two penalty minutes, five to three loss for Montcon to Halifax in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, 71 total points. Yep, in the 62 games. Absolutely love what this guy brings uh, long term. I can't wait to see him in, uh, in that green sweater. Again, he's born in 2000. He's got a long career ahead of him. I think uh, that's going to be one of your top players, I think. That could be a top, the top center for Minnesota one day. 
along with the Kirill Kaprizov. Again, Justin Back posting that as well. The guy has just been phenomenal. Uh, thanks for uh, keeping up with things, Justin Back. Uh, helps me out because I know I'm certainly a, I'm more of an editor where Justin Back and Pavel Bunnett are kind of like the main dogs. You could say the 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 big boys on this website. I'm like an editor, and also again my show and everything kind of work together shout out to those guys but minnesota wild prospects encourage you to join it i know a good number of you have and it's awesome it's an awesome page justin back thank you guys for being a part of things and again merrick skyba as well justin back out of out of uh here in the united states and of course mr uh paul bonnet out of the czech republic ls alex Stezka, the goaltender also from the czech republic unfortunately uh, <laughs> was it pavel jenny's moved on earlier this season to the uh, moved on and no longer part of the Minnesota uh, Wild uh, organization at this stage, unfortunately. Traded away from the Allen Americans, but uh, we're wishing him the best of luck. I believe it was to the Ottawa Senators, ECL, ECHL affiliate, if I remember correctly. So there's that. Facebook.com forward slash Minnesota, or excuse me, Brave the Wild dot Minnesota. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild dot Minnesota. That's kind of a weird one. You can just look up Brave the Wild or Minnesota Wild Prospects and Young Players. That's, of course, what you look up when it comes to uh, the Facebook page. But MNW Prospects, ultimately, at the end of the day, is a quick way to get to the uh, Facebook page for Minnesota Wild Prospects. And again, please do join the Brave the Wild Facebook page if you could. All the links will be in the show description. I'm going to encourage you to call into the phone lines, 209-736-7877, 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild. Do your statement, show or comment, question, and opine. Would be terrific. It's a three-minute limit because that's an actual voicemail. Uh, same thing when you click on the Call Now button on the Facebook page. Maybe you're on your smart device, smartphone, whatever. You just click on that. It goes straight to the same phone line through your uh, through Facebook Messenger, 100% free and all that. You know, as long as you're connected to Wi-Fi or cellular, as long as uh, there's always a possibility data charges can apply if you're uh, if you have limited data. That all depends on what you're doing there. But Wi-Fi is highly recommended there, and the most recommended route to get on this show with your voice is the audio submission route which you can use a free voice recording application on your smart device. There's built-in applications on pretty much every smart device ever made. Treat it like a phone call. Just record it. Treat it like a phone call. Save it. Send it to PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. PaladinoLive at Yahoo.com. I will then convert it into an MP3 file thanks to Zumzar or Converto.com. And you'll be right here in a fan interaction segment on Brave the Wild, which would be highly recommended. I really encourage you to do that. Uh, That would be awesome. There's also one other way to do that. Same way, same idea, audio submission, same email. Maybe you have a uh, microphone or desk, you know, a desktop, laptop with a microphone and Audacity or some other audio editing software. You can do it the same way and email it to paladinolive.yahoo.com. Keep it to about five minutes or so if you could. You'd be very welcome addition to the show to talk Minnesota Wild or Minnesota Wild Prospects. Love that top 50 prospects uh, chart. That was posted by Pavel Bunnett on Minnesota Wild Hardcore as well. Jim Maddell, Chad Walski, Chance Kostick, David Kostick, all of you, thank you so very much for being a part of uh, some good wild conversation as well on uh, on Minnesota Wild Hardcore and, of course, on this show. Just ongoing conversation. Love what uh, Justin Ryan Back has brought to this page, though. Really a uh, very consistent poster Damien Giroux, yep, Stagano, that's who it was. Yep, two goals. <laughs> Man, he's been unbelievable. Another one in uh, the OHL. Pretty cool. Great job, uh, Justin Ryan back, though. Love, love what you brought. Weekly report, yep, five points for Kovanov in three games. Salaturo, who's been in the ECHL with the Allen Americans. Two two goals. Connor DeWar. This was posted by Pablo Bernard. Biden had a goal. Yep, I could look at this more and more often, too. Henches had the one goal. In the NCAA, Jacob Golden, a couple of assists. That's nice. That's rare for him. He doesn't score a whole lot. Uh, Samanas had the one goal as well. So that was as of March 11th. As uh, Sokolov got his one little assist. That's okay, though. I mean, it's better than nothing. He assisted on Biden's goal, actually, on that fourth line there. So uh, interesting, interesting conversation. I love this page. I'm very proud to be a part of it, Pavel. Just so you know, Pavel and Justin... Uh, great job, guys, and I, I'm proud to be a part of this. Uh, need any help with more editing? I'm always here. So, with that said, gonna wish all of you a nice week. Wish the Minnesota Wild a 
winning week would be great. Stay bleeping healthy, please, Mr. Victor Rask, Mr. <sighs> Luke Cunning. Please stay healthy, and everybody else, please stay healthy. We can't afford any more injuries. It would be, loved, would, uh, be wonderful to see uh, Matt Dumba back wearing that Minnesota Wild sweater, number 24, once again. But uh, we'll have to wait and see how that goes. With that said, have a nice week, and go wild. Thank <laughs> you.